0: Well, if we go back to emotions and we go back to resilience and look at them from a neuroscientific perspective, it is the way in which the brain and the body is reacting to the environment that they find themselves in.
1: You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, Episode 329, and today, let's boost our resilience and learn how to turn setbacks into comebacks. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders and service professionals who wanna shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're gonna find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now let's get Amplified. Hi there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, Authority Amplifier and Possibility Igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs. And today we're going to talk about a subject uh, that has been kind of making the rounds lately. It's something that's up for a lot of people. It is building the muscle of resilience. And before we dive into the episode today, I want to talk a little bit about what resilience means to me. We've been having lots of conversations amongst the peer group and the friend groups lately about uh, challenges and obstacles and things that come up that require us to dig deep and become a version of us that sometimes we don't even know that we have inside. We don't. We don't even know we have that capability. And resilience is one of the superpowers we have to develop if we want to stay in business. And you probably know I'm I'm entering into my 23rd year as a entrepreneur and a business coach. And let me tell you, I never knew how much resilience I was going to need until I needed it. And so I've been fortunate to have tools and resources and community and support around me, masterminds, you know, peer groups. And resilience is something that you you don't know you need it until you need it, but you wanna make sure you know you have tools available to you. And the other thing about resilience is that sometimes our setbacks become a, like a lens that we see everything through and we're, we're judging everything through this setback. And what I found is, is that oftentimes it creates mental blocks. It creates, um, like a shift or a distortion to your decision-making. And, um, I recently put this quiz out called, uh, what is the authority barrier, is holding you and your revenue hostage. And I was surprised to see that 75% of the people who took the quiz actually selected that their li- had limiting beliefs and fears that they were discovering was the number one reason why they had not actually been able to amplify the reach of their work in the world. So look, I don't care if you call yourself an authority or you call yourself an expert or you just, you know, want to make your, your business more successful so you can enjoy financial freedom. But whatever you are, just know if you have mindset blocks and you don't have the tools in your toolbox to be resilient and to rise above the common challenges we all face, then it's going to be very hard to build your business. By the way, if you want to take that quiz, I will link this up in the show notes. If you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash authority quiz, you can take the quiz. Again, we'll link that up in the show notes, but I'd be curious to see if you find that the mindset stuff is one of your big uh, barriers or if it's something else. All right. So now let's learn about resilience and how to turn setbacks into comebacks. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we're going to talk about something that is so valuable. It's a a way of being that is going to become one of your new superpowers, and it's resilience how to move from setback to comeback. And let me introduce my special guest, all the way from the UK. His name is Robin Hills. He has taught over 300,000 people in 195 or more countries how to build resilience, increase self awareness, and the understanding of others. He's the director of EI for Change, a company specializing in emotional intelligence, positive psychology, and neuroscience. And he is also the author of two books in his Authority Guide series, and we will link those up in the show notes for you, and has, through his work, developed the experiential coaching methodology called Images of Resilience to support cathartic conversations around resilience. He's been featured in more places than I can possibly cover in our time together. So I'm just going to bring him right into the conversation so we can start learning about resilience together. So Robin, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Melanie, thank you for having me on your show. It's a great privilege. Well,
1: I'm honored and I, I feel so a blast to have so many amazing people so many superpowers and talents and all of this expertise that you know want to come on my podcast and share it with our community and resilience is you know I've been in business 22 years going on 23 this year and I gotta tell you resilience is the one thing that has got me through (laughs) and helps me keep coming back to bring my work to the world and so of course such a perfect topic so Let's take a minute, Robin, and define what resilience is. So we're all like having in our mind the same definition.
0: I think before I go into a simple definition of resilience, I'd like to actually stress what resilience is not, because what you will hear in the media very regularly is the word resilience dropped into conversation, dropped into news articles, and they don't necessarily really understand what it means. And often they'll talk about resilience as bouncing back. Well, in terms of a successful business of 22 years, which is what I've heard yours is, and my business, which is coming up for its 15th anniversary next week, we've not bounced anywhere. So let's have a look at the simple definition of resilience. We've got a clear focus around what it is that we want to achieve. We believe that life is meaningful and we are focused on delivering what it is we need to deliver in order to get to the outcomes we're looking for. And we do that with two things. One, a realistic level of optimism. And through that, I mean that the world is going to throw some curve balls at us from time to time. Let's be prepared for them. And the other thing is we need to have the adaptability, flexibility and creativity to work with those curved balls. So that's resilience in a nutshell. And also, you don't develop resilience unless you actually go through a degree of adversity. So we're going to become more resilient the more that we face the trials and tribulations of life.
1: I am so grateful for that last sentence you just spoke because I think people have this mistaken awareness or this under this belief that we're supposed to have resilience before we've cultivated it and cre- you know like had it emerge because we needed it and that just puts so many things into perspective right there like resilience is developed on a, at, I guess I might say, as an on needed basis, as needed basis.
0: <laughs> That's right. And let's look at when we both set up our businesses. Did we have resilience? Well, we had something. And that was what helped us to develop the resilience that we needed. So that you can look back on 22 glorious years and say, yes, I've been resilient through that. I can look back on 15 years and say, Yes, I've been resilient through that. That's where the resilience comes from, rather than, oh, I'm a resilient person, because you don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to react when you get into situations. I don't know how I would have reacted on the decks of the Titanic. The only way I would know is to actually face it. I don't want to, but that's where resilience is developed.
1: I love that. Yeah. I, I going back to that, like starting our business. I think that uh healthy dose of optimism is probably, you know, the part of me that said, let's do this. But then I really had to develop resilience to keep wanting to do it. And so that that's a really, I think, a good distinction there.
0: Yes. You know, and I think it's only fair to share with your listeners that some of the hard times that I went through. And mm-hmm. I can remember the first few months of developing my business and growing my business, I earned the grand total of 10 pounds one month. That's about $15. That's all I, that's all I earned. And uh, I could have easily given up and said, Oh, I'll go and get a job in a corporate environment. Well, is that that easy? No, it's not. So one actually has to live and work through that scenario and learn from it, and try and make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we we all have probably a few of those stories, right? And um, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, I'm assuming that experience, I know what it was for me, but I would like to hear for you, like, how does that experience, maybe it was fear, or maybe it was determination, I'm sure there are certain emotions that you were feeling, or people do feel, that help drive and build that resilience?
0: That's a really interesting question that I'm finding difficult to pull an answer out from my memory banks because it was so long ago. I can't really remember how I felt. I know how I would feel these days. But at the time, there was a a level of unpleasant emotion that had to be dealt with, had to be worked with. I'll put some labels on it. There there was probably levels of anger, frustration, anxiety, annoyance. Um, Do I blame other people for my situation or do I take it on myself and say, this is my issue, I need to deal with it? Um, I I have a family that I needed to to, uh, be accountable to. And particularly at the time, they needed money in order to do the things that they wanted to do. So I had fairly robust savings to draw on. And I think that that gave me a degree of comfort in knowing that I could ride the storm and come out the other end.
1: Yeah. Let's talk more about emotions, because I find that, you know, oftentimes especially with the entrepreneurs and business owners and business leaders that are attracted to this podcast and this community, like, I I think it's nice people don't really understand what their emotions are about. Like an emotion starts to take on a very big meaning for them. And, you know, from the work that I researched about you, I know, you know, there are specific emotions that drive resilience. So, talk maybe unpack that a little bit for us like how do we need to start relating to our emotions and how are emotions helpful in becoming more resilient?
0: Well the uh, first thing uh, I'd like to do is to explain to your listeners that emotions are a reaction to the environment that we find ourselves in. So uh, emotions contain data and what we need to do is to be able to interpret this data and utilize it in order that we can get better within the environment that we find ourselves in. Now, another myth that I'd like to knock on the head is the fact that there is no such thing as a negative emotion and there's no such thing as a positive emotion. An emotion is a physiological response. So what we've got to recognise is that, yeah, some of the emotions can be quite unpleasant and quite intense. But what are they trying to tell us? How do we utilise that and turn them, if we can, into more pleasant emotions, ones that will help to drive us forward? So if we look at emotions and the way in which they work through any kind of change process, we go through a whole gamut of emotions, starting off with a degree of anxiety at the beginning of any change, Have I got the capability of coping with this situation? And then there's a degree of happiness. Oh, at last something is going to change. What I thought about the old system is perhaps correct and there is a need for change. But unfortunately, what then happens is that there's a degree of threat which leads us to uh, to feel fearful as we go into the next phase which can then dispel into anger, and that anger is telling us that we really don't have all the things that we need in place in order to move forward, so we feel that we're losing control. Now, that anger may be um, expressed externally to other people, and we'll blame them for the change that we're going through, or We'll internalize it and blame ourselves and feel guilty because we didn't respond more appropriately. Unfortunately, we then go into depths of despair. And uh, excuse me whilst I cough. (laughs) The depths of despair, which has often been labeled depression, but I don't like using the word depression. I'd rather leave that for the Clinicians to work with. So we've got to recognize that when we're in the pits of despair, it does not feel good. But there's hope. We come out the other side. We start to recognize that we can change, that things are changing, we can cope. And then we start to feel that we're in control and we have a gradual acceptance that things are going to change. We're in control. We can change things, we can work with things. And then we can see the future as being bright, before the whole cycle starts again.
1: Just, I'm becoming so curious. Like you're explaining, like these cycles that we go through, and I'm just wondering, you know, is when somebody has really developed resilience, they've been through things, they're starting to create this track record of okay. Yes, I, I am learning I have the ability to overcome really horrible or crappy situations and and come back in with a new uh hope, as you use that word. Like, how, first of all, like, how does somebody develop that kind of resilience?
0: Well, I suppose really what we've got to do is to look at us as individuals and we've just got to allow ourselves at times at times, to fall into a stress response. There are going to be certain things that are going on in our lives that we have no control over, and they compound. So we may have had an argument with our partner. We may have been involved with bad traffic on the way to a meeting. The client may have cancelled when we got there. Um, We are busy decorating at home. We get home and we find that the the wall of the walls has fallen through. We then get a phone call from one of our parents saying that they've got a problem. We look in our bank account. There isn't as much money as we would expect, etc., etc., etc. And I've probably not painted as as desperate a picture as I could be. But those things for certain people are going to be very, 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 very stressful. And for other people, they'll kind of shrug their shoulders and say, okay, I can cope with that. And at this particular moment in time, they probably can cope with it, but you add in further stresses and they'll go through the uh, cycle of emotions, which will lead them to feeling not as good and not as able to cope as they would like to. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm also wondering, you know, we've talked to a lot of guests and we've started to talk more about, trauma and unhealed traumas and how that impacts our emotions and our, um, you know, our confidence in ourselves and things like that. And I'm just wondering, have you noticed in terms of emotional intelligence and being able to be more resilient, like how does trauma in someone's life impact their ability to develop resilience?
0: I think first and foremost we've just got to allow people to feel that trauma and to engage with it and allow themselves to be in a particularly unpleasant part of their life um they will need a certain level of support as they come through where are they going to get that support from if that support is desperately needed and desperately intense and is something that people can't cope with there is absolutely nothing wrong in admitting that and going and getting some kind of medical support because um, uh, our brains are missing certain biochemicals that can be given a boost with the right level of medical support and if it's done well and it's done appropriately and it's done in a caring fashion It will just give people a kind of appropriate chemical crutch to be able to fall upon so that we can help them through these kind of situations. But most people don't need to go there. All they need to do is to sit down with somebody who they trust and have a good cathartic conversation about some of the things that they're concerned about. And they've just got to have the ability to learn how to ask for help
1: yeah i guess it goes back to that um powerful people understand the value of asking for support whatever that support looks like they don't try to figure it all out on their own and i mean i know i feel more resilient when i have the right support systems in place in my life and i i would imagine that's a big part of the work you teach people it's like you don't have to figure this out on your own
0: Yes, and I, I think um, let's go back to entrepreneurs working on their own. Uh, they can't do everything within their business. I have a lawyer that I can re- refer to if I need one. I've got an accountant that I work with on a regular basis. I have in my network marketeers. I have people who will do advertising for me. I can't do it all on my own. I just don't have the skills and the capabilities. So if I need something, what is it that I need? Can I do it myself if I can't go and ask somebody else to help me?
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm i always kind of intrigued with people who have studied neuroscience and are bringing neuroscience into their work. Um, I know our audience here is very aware of the power of neuroscience to create transformation, not just change, but actual transformation. And I'm just curious, how do you see neuroscience playing into, you know, this ability to develop resilience?
0: Well, if we go back to emotions and we go back to resilience and look at them from a neuroscientific perspective, it is the way in which the brain and the body is reacting to the environment that they find themselves in. So uh, an understanding of how emotions affect physiology how physiology affects emotions is all part of neuroscience we are not brains on sticks we actually have a body that in that helps to express what the brain is trying to do with the environment so it's a combination of both of them working in harmony together and i think a lot of people when they think about neuroscience they just think of it as brain science and to a certain extent, yes, it is. We're understanding the brain better, but we mustn't overlook the fact that the brain is an organ, quite a major organ, but it's an organ within the body. And as a holistic being, our body is what people will see and our body is what people will react to.
1: Mm. And is that because of how we feel things in our body? like because? you know I'm just I'm always like super I geek out on this like how all of these pieces come together and you know not everybody responds to their emotions the same way so is that a feeling state that that you think drives it or I'm just kind of curious how that works in a deeper way
0: yes it's it's a really interesting question Melanie and thank you for asking it because there was some great research that was done over 10 years ago it must be about 12 years ago now from a a group in finland who got people to map their emotions within their bodies and they did it in scandinavia and they also did it in the far east and there was a lot of congruence between the way in which people experience these emotions within their body so something like anger was an intense red emotion that was found in the chest and the head and Uh, love itself was found as an emotion that was very much within the chest and then anxiety was a a kind of cold emotion that was felt in the chest and it was felt in the limbs so uh, going back to having a look at that research and and looking at ways in which people experience their emotions in their body is a vital part of understanding how emotions impact on us it's not just oh I'm feeling this emotion in my head. I've got this emotion. Where is it occurring in you? What is happening? How is that emotion affecting you? How is that emotion affecting your physiology? How can you use the data that emotion is providing for you and utilize it to your advantage?
1: Yeah, well said. I really appreciate you unpacking that a bit. Okay. so. um I guess I want to just make sure I'm bringing all this home because I feel like I'm going on a few little spider web tentacles here, but I just get so curious about how neuroscience works and all the pieces. But I really want to bring it back to this idea of you know someone who has this really big, bold goal, and they're really up to big things in the world, and they're bumping up against so many challenges. They may be through their business, and they may be personally they may have a lot of personal stuff coming up that feels like it's dragging them down. And as you were alluding, you know, early on, like sometimes the business takes a little bit to really go where you think it's going to go. What's one thing they could do today to take a step towards feeling more resilient?
0: Well, I think the important thing is to uh, understand that when you are working with these big goals, it's not easy. So You and I are sitting here, oh, I've been 15 years in this business and you're talking at 22 years. Well, we've had some knocks along the way. They've taught us some things. My goal when I set my business up is completely different to the way in which my goal has evolved over the last 15 years. And what I'm doing today, I wouldn't have been expecting to do 15 years ago. So I think the important message there is to keep focused on your goals but adapt them according to circumstances as the environment changes and as the environment presents you with different opportunities you might not like some of them but just go for them and you need to know when to stop and you need to know when to say no
1: That could be a whole episode in itself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) How (laughs) do you know when to say no, right? And that truly for entrepreneurs is a muscle to build. Again, a new superpower is really knowing what is in alignment and what's not. And that no, for me at least, the way I teach my clients is if you are not going towards what's aligned with where you want to be in the world why, like if it's taking you off your goal, off your path. But what I think is really unique and interesting about what you say is that sometimes where where we start, we don't always know what the path is going to look like. So you don't want to be so doggedly attached to your path that you miss those golden opportunities that are emerging that look different than you thought they were.
0: That's right. And uh, some of the emotions that you will experience when you are not aligned with your goals or when things are not going the right way, are unpleasant emotions. What are these emotions trying to tell you? And how can you utilize that information to get you more in alignment to where it is you want to go, what it is you want to achieve, and how can you get them to work for you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Robin, I'd love if you could take a second to share a resource or a good place somebody could start to learn more about developing emotional intelligence and resilience.
0: Well, I have a range of courses that are available on emotional intelligence, and I'm quite proud to say that they're probably the most extensive range of courses on emotional intelligence that are available globally. And you can have a look at those at EI, um, at info sorry let me say that again coursesei or you can have a look at my two books which are available through amazon and i'll give them to you in the course notes they are the authority guide to emotional resilience in business and the authority guide to behavior in business both of which will help you to understand how your emotions work And both of them will help you to understand how you can work within business to achieve your goals in a more appropriate way, using resilience and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm.
1: Great. So we'll link up that book for you in the show notes and make sure you have access to it, because I think, you know, this is such an important piece of, of being resilient, is expanding your capacity for emotional intelligence and and really like it's a character piece that we get to, to develop inside of ourselves. So Robin, this is the time in our conversation where I love asking a couple of uh, more personal and, and maybe background questions on you, helping our audience get to know you a little bit more. You've alluded to some things already, but what would you say is the boldest thing you ever did that amplified the reach of your work in the world?
0: Well I think one of the things that I've done in in within my business which is quite bold is to publish a book under the Authority Guide series. Now when a publisher contacted me and said we would like you to write a book on emotional resilience and we would like to badge it in our Authority Guides I thought am I really worthy am I capable of doing this so The answer is, I thought, well, let's give it a go. So I researched the book, I wrote it, I sent it off to the publisher. It's been published. And I I think my boldness is still being developed. Because once I wrote it, I thought, oh, I wrote it, it can't be that good. But a number of people have contacted me and said, I had your little book. I've been through some traumatic adverse events. And it's been really, really helpful to me. That's my book, is it? Um, And I suppose the next bold bit is actually to accept it and actually to recognize that it's better than I give it credit for.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting how, you know, one person's view of something imperfect is somebody else's perfect resource. (laughs) And, and, you know, I think we paralyze ourselves so often and we hold back from sharing our message through authority platforms like that. And yet somebody out there really needs it. So I'm so glad you shared that as an example. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, Last question. What is one thing you wish you would have done sooner?
0: Have the, have the ability And the confidence to be able to set my business up, not 15 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I didn't. So it was only through adversity when my roles were made redundant in various jobs that I thought now is my chance. If I don't do it now, I'll never do it.
1: Necessity. What do you imagine could be different right now, Robin, if you'd had the courage to leap earlier?
0: Oh, global domination.
1: (laughs) Of course. The empire of emotional resilience, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It is. (laughs) Yes, uh, but I don't think I was ready for it, and I don't think the world was ready for it. So it's a case of working in a timely fashion when everything was right yes
1: thank you for sharing that robin thank you so much for bringing your gifts to the show today um and as you're listening in i would love to hear how has this supported you in first of all recognizing we're all in it we're all going to have stuff that comes at us and like how you could start to cultivate that sense of resilience inside of yourself. I'd love to hear about it. Drop it on the show page or wherever you listen to the podcast. And I'm sure Robin will be thrilled to hear his message is making an impact for you today as well. Robin, thank you so much.
0: Brilliant, thank you ever so much, Melanie. It's been a pleasure.